I want to read from John 5, 16 to 23. For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son, that all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Well, with everything going on in the world today, the darkness that parades itself on the battlefields, the disaster zones that we're seeing in Turkey, Syria and elsewhere, the political arenas that's taking the place between governments and within governments, even in the established church. The sense of urgency in going deeper and knowing the Father's love cannot be overstated. And this is why the overflow of last term series on healing and wholeness has flooded into this term study on whole and holy, holy and whole. That continuing call on our lives to be holy, to be whole, to be refined, to be healed, to be restored, to be pure, to be intentional about building up our faith, our family, our community, and leading the lost, the broken, the hurting to Jesus. And time is running out. We are at the tipping point. We cannot play the game of church anymore as if we can leave it uh, as we exit the church and live the rest of the six, the six days of the week differently. You know, the prophets are calling out the very things that we're calling out in our decrees. That God is looking for his spotless bride to shine before men that they may see the good works and glorify the Father in heaven. And I suppose the question for us is, are we going to be that pure, brilliant light for him? I want to be. To you? And I think this is why. Thank you. One yes, that's good. <laughs> Any more yeses? Yeah, you want to be that. Well, you know, that's why in this series we've looked at his abiding presence. You know, in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. This is why we've taken time to, you know, when Heather spoke on hearing the voice of God, activate that which is for us all. To hear his voice, to know him speaking to us through the day. This is why we took time looking at the Sabbath rest, as Tim spoke uh, the other week. And why last week we're looking at meditating on the word of God, as Jen led us into doing that. All of these keys 
to helping us live holy lives, lives that are set apart and lives that are whole, that are good for us and good for those around us, as opposed to lives that are fragmented by poor choices and bad habits. And foundational to such a holy and whole life is the love of God, the love of the Father for us, in us, and flowing through us. And I want to take time just looking at those three aspects of the Father's love. Recently, Heather and I were uh, with someone we've not seen for a while, and one of their questions to Heather was, well, what's your title? And Heather said, well, I'm Heather. (laughs) And I laughed a little and said, princess, daughter of the king of kings. Now, Heather is an amazing leader, prophet, administrator, and many other things. But she's not defined by a title or status. And that, she wouldn't want her title or status to define her. And interestingly enough, the greatest teacher of all time, the one who has had thousands of volumes of books written about him, analyzing every word, the one who's changed history, And whose values have shaped civilizations even today. The one who's called the great pastor, shepherd, healer, prophet, apostle, rabbi, saviour, lord, messiah, prince of peace, king of kings. The one who came to serve humanity with that all-consuming passion and even laid his his life down for every single one of us. He wasn't too interested in titles either. In fact, he chose one word that defined not his status or position, but his identity. And that one word is son. The great revelation that Jesus brought to humanity, that he brought to his own people who worshipped Yahweh with awe and fear, this kind of domineering, powerful, authoritarian figure, was the God that they worshipped. Is Abba Father. Our heavenly dad. And the relationship that he wants each one of us to have is a dad and a child. And how beautifully he revealed that in his life. His words reflecting his life when he says, for the son can do nothing of himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. You know, if we really want to live holy and whole lives, we have to first and foremost live as sons and daughters of Abba Father. You know, it's no good us talking about healing and wholeness and ministering into it if we don't know our identity as children of God. If we don't know that we're loved by our Heavenly Father that we're precious children. You see, any healing or wholeness will only be short-lived. For us to really live holy and whole lives, we have to know the Father's love for us, in us, and flowing through us. Anything less leads to brokenness, hurt, and loss. And you see, it's in this context, in this passage in John 5, that a healing takes place. So right at the beginning, we see Jesus healing a man at the pool of Bethesda. And if you, if you want to kind of picture it, um, I'm sure many of you, all of you have seen The Chosen. 
just kind of Google, YouTube, the chosen, the pool at Bethesda, and you have a wonderful picture of actually what it would have looked like. This man who'd been there for 38 years. Tim, how old are you? More than your life. Melissa, how old are you? Oh, sorry, I shouldn't ask that. Heather, 38. Heather's 38. All of your life. Just imagine that. All of his life lying there, waiting for the pool to stir. And he can never get there quick enough. And Jesus comes alongside him on a Sabbath and heals him. Pick up your mat and walk. And it's because of that. As we read at the beginning, Jesus was persecuted by the religious leaders. Come on. It's like, what are they thinking? Because it was a Sabbath. And we're told in verse 16, because he'd done these things on the Sabbath. But you know, in this tense and threatening environment, one reality stands out above them all. Jesus knows the Father's love for him. And I guess the question for us is, do we? When things get tough, when we're challenged, when we're knocked, when we're bruised, do we know the Father's love for us? See, with Jesus, we could say, well, it's easy for him. You know, he was the Son of God. And to that, I would say yes and no. Because none of us can imagine or know the cost and the price that it cost Jesus to lay down his majesty, his divinity. And as Paul writes in 2 Philippians, when he says he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of man. None of us know the cost that it was to him to lay down that perfect relationship of love Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had to become a man on earth, to be in our appearance. And yet what we see in the Gospels is the way that Jesus intentionally and gladly embraces the Father's love for himself as he leads people to the Father. We see this as his baptism, the Spirit of God descending upon him. And he hears those precious words of the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And to know that love, especially at a time when he was immediately left into the wilderness. And what did the Satan do after 40 days? He tackled the very thing that he tackles in in us today, his identity. If you are the son of God, do all of these things. And Jesus rebukes every one of them. Because on earth, he knew the father's love for him. And we need to know it too. And he embraced it. Everything he did was within the Father's love for him. I imagine we are pretty familiar with the prodigal son in Luke 15. It is such a powerful message for us knowing the Father's love. And when we think of the son who wandered away, wasted everything, and ended up in that place of desperation... Maybe as we look at our own lives, we don't see ourselves in that place of desperation. But my sense is that some of us, maybe even many of us, maybe all of us, are far off from really knowing the Father's embrace in our lives. That daily encounter of him wrapping his arms around us, 
kissing our necks, speaking into our ears words of love, showing us afresh the depth of his love for us. See, John knew this for himself when he writes in 1 John 3, how great is the love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. For this is who we are. And I want to come back to that in a moment. The Father's love for us. But it's also knowing his love in us. And Jesus says this, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things. So Jesus was so filled with the Father's love as he went around his ministry, doing his healing and his teaching and his love. He was so full of the Father's love as he walked that path in faith and obedience. And the showing that he speaks of here is in the context of the Father's love. And it's so significant because what he's talking about is not the showing that's just what lies just before us. It's also the showing of what lies within us. In Revelation 4 verse 1 we read this. This is John writing. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, this is Jesus speaking, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. See, John is invited by Jesus into the presence of the throne room of heaven. And that word, I will show you, is the same word that Jesus uses in John 5. And it's all about encounter. It's all about intimacy. It is all about us knowing deep within God's love for us and the love that will flow out of us. I mean, I discovered this age 18 when it was God's love that transformed me. And the verse that really made the difference was in 1 John 4, 16. God is love and those who live in love live in God and God lives in them. In other words, as Jesus demonstrates here, we have to be filled with the love of God in order to do the things that he's called us to do. To abide in his love as sons and daughters. To live lives that are holy and whole as he's created us to do. Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. We need his love in us. We need to know his love for us. For his love to flow through us. Can I ask you a question? Do you want to shine for Jesus and be light for him? Do you want to shine for Jesus and be light for him? A little bit more enthusiastic? Yes! (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Yep, we do. Do we want to be light for Jesus, church? Yes, come on. Well, let me say this. Anything we do that flows out of anything other than the love of the Father will never do any lasting good. Let me say that again. Anything we do that flows out of anything other than the love of the Father will never do any lasting good. And Jesus is clear on this. The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. 
And if Jesus is saying that, we really need to listen. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And then Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. The Greek word is clear. Nothing means (laughs) no thing. It actually is a real challenge. Paul picks it up in 1 Corinthians 13. That wonderful passage we love about love. But actually what he's speaking about is all the amazing things we can do for the Lord. Such as exercise the gift of prophecy. Or discernment. Or wisdom. Or knowledge and faith. Even feed the poor. Even lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel. And yet he concludes. Without love. I am nothing. Without love, it profits me nothing. It's so powerful, but it's the truth. We cannot live holy lives unless the love of God we've received is for us, in us. And it's out of that place that it flows. We cannot be light, a city on a hill that shines for him. Unless we are founded in the love of God. His love changes everything. His love changed everything about my life aged 18. I was going one way. And his love found me. And brought me back. See his love is the love that heals the hurts. And the brokenness. And the mess. Is his love that finds the lost. And I want to finish by going back to the story of the prodigal son. I want to ask you to imagine the return in your mind. You might find easier to close your eyes. But what I mean is from the pigs to the fatted calf that was barbecued because there was a feast. That journey that took place from the field of swines to the father's embrace. And I want to ask you the question, where do you see yourself along that journey? Just take a moment. Are you closer to the pigs than to the feast? Can you see the father running to you? Or is it still too far off? Is the father wrapping his arms of love around you? And you feel that burning love of his presence within you? Or is it distant? Have you received the robe of forgiveness? But you've not yet placed the ring of sonship on your finger. Or are you even the elder son that you're stuck in the place of being a servant rather than a child of God? Where are you along the journey? Because I believe today the Father wants you to know his love for you. And he wants you to receive his love in you. So that you can do the things he's called you to as his love flows out of you.
He wants to wrap his arms around you. Whisper in your ear. And the invitation is for us all. So I'm going to invite the the band to come back. I'd like to invite us all to stand. Just again, take a moment just to allow the picture of that journey and what the Father is saying to you where you are on that journey. And then I want you to allow him to show you his picture. what I see for you is the father running right now he's going to get to you first before anybody else can I see him all like knocking people out of the way he's going after you because today he wants you to know his love the love of his arms wrapped around you